0: hello hello Norman here and welcome to the tempered fables the tempered fables is a short story fiction podcast unserialized so you can find a different story in every episode I take the role of a narrator called NT clover and we sit by the campfire and I tell you a story the genres range from romance to life to comedy, fantasy, and many more. It really just depends on what I feel like writing about. In this episode, a bartender observes his painter friend as he finds his muse and tries to paint her. Genres include life, romance, and art. Do those count as genres? (laughs) I guess they're more like themes. I don't think there are any warnings this time, But we shall see. If all is well, let's get into character and light up the fire. I noticed him coming in with a large brown satchel, his gaze in a strange expression of surprise. It was different from his usual demeanor. He was covered in paint, as always, from the cheeks down to his denim overalls sitting at the end of the counter. I'm not one to clean up after somebody else's mess, especially when it's paint on my wooden chairs. But money is money, and I do have to serve. How do you do, kid? What can I get you? A few seconds of delay, and he looked up at me. All of a sudden, his astonishment turned to a grand smile. A beer, please. The tallest glass you have in the house, he said. I need to celebrate. I found Mona Lisa. Episode 34, The Painters of Our Lives. Welcome to the Tempered Fables. My name is N.T. Clover. Come, sit by the fire. Let me tell you a story. He's always been a strange kid. I remember the time I bumped into him on the street. He had his paints and canvas set up on the walkway, facing a large intersection. Some people would stop by and witness what he was trying to make. It was annoying. He was in the middle of the walkway. Who does that? You think he could just set up shop right in the middle of where everyone's walking? What was even weirder about that time was that he wasn't even painting what's in front of him. It wasn't the intersection, or the cars passing by, or the fumes that are coming out of the trams. It was... I knew what it was. It was the meadows in Lyon, close to where I lived. This was what I saw growing up. These were the grass fields that I played in, where I chased prairies, where I planted seeds hoping they would grow up, where my brothers and sisters would run around, jouer au la souris, playing cops and robbers. Why is he painting this? Here, of all places, and why am I watching him? I only realized then That I had stood there for so long, what felt like hours, just trying to understand the point of his art. I guess he got me there. The kid took a break and muttered something under his breath. He went to his large satchel and started searching for something. In that time, I stood closer to him. Is this... Leon? Oui, monsieur. Celio? he answered while still searching in his bag. And you. you are. No, monsieur. I have visited, but not for long. Only a day. Then how did you. my voice had trailed off by then. How did you capture such a view? This was. this was the same view I saw thirty years ago, when I was a child. Ah, but that is the point of art, isn't it? You see what you truly want to see. If you don't know or understand, you need only look further in. I didn't get that at first. I stood there thinking about what this kid had just said. When I came to, he was tucking himself into a sleeping bag right on the walkway where everyone else was hurrying by. What are you doing, kid? I'm sleeping. Here? Here? Why? Because I'm tired. He dozed off immediately after he said that. On one hand, I'm annoyed because he's in my way again. But on the other, I'm quite impressed. Rarely can you find someone who can sleep on the walkway so calmly like this. Hey, kid, get off the streets, all right? I can't leave a kid like this on the street. My guilt will haunt me. Kid, come by my bar. You can sleep in the corner if you want. Ah, merci, monsieur. He stood back up, packed his things in seconds and waited on my command. He's like a dog with a wagging tail. The kid came back multiple times to the bar throughout the past year. He would talk on and on about art, what it means, what each color represents. It's stuff that goes over my head. I'd always reply with empty yeses and mm as I served others by the counter. This time was different, though. I found Mona Lisa, he said, after taking a huge gulp from his pint. You know, I don't really care for art, to be honest. You can't eat it, you can't drink it, you can only look at it. But hey, it can sell. You Gotta respect that, at least. Besides, everyone knows that name, even me. You found Mona Lisa? Oui, Monsieur, and I feel alive again. He told me why he was celebrating. I was at the same place as before, painting what comes to mind. Suddenly, I saw her crossing the street. I lost whatever's in front of my canvas. It was gone all in a flash and now there's only her in my mind he took another big gulp again it was almost finished he shook the glass in front of me and I obliged with another she's amazing I shot a look at him my eyebrow was up but you haven't talked to her yet I know but she's amazing the next few days have been everyday musings of this Mona Lisa whenever I asked him to describe how she looks like he said he couldn't no 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 I cannot I don't have the words for it but he would take out a sketchbook and try to draw a face for me and he'd give up no 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 let me try again at home he would leave the glass of beer behind deep in his thoughts again with his face to the paper walking out of the bar I couldn't stop him Days had passed by the time he'd come back again. I did it! She was beautiful. Auburn, burning red hair down to her shoulders. Plump lips, emerald eyes. Very different from the gray gloom of Paris, she stood out already. She wasn't smiling. He never drew her smiling. Maybe he couldn't, maybe he could. But I noticed a solemn look on the poor painter's face... I asked him what's wrong. I won't be able to capture her smile. Why not? Because she is not just a sketch on paper. You can't feel what I feel from seeing her drawn. You have to be there with me. You have to see her. There was a moment of silence and then he took a piece of paper again and said let me try again. I left him to sketch at the bar counter and started to help the other regulars with their drinks what's the kid doing this time oh he's found someone the regular froze mid-drink eyes wide and some of the foam dribbled down his beard the kid's got a girlfriend well this is great news boys the kid's got a girl i smiled at the scene The strangers who only had this bar in common, they've only had drinks as friends. But in this tiny bar on the corner of Paris, there was a small brotherhood to be found here. Or sisterhood, if you will. Everybody celebrates together. Every night was a merry one with the kid at the center as he tells more and more stories about his wonderful new muse. But... I noticed that he had been drinking less in the past two months. Might have been annoyed at first, because he would leave his beer right there on the table. It was consistent, though. He was always in a daze, and the beer would go flat. He'd poke it with his finger. What's wrong? I would ask. Nothing, he would say. Just everything. I'd inquire more, but he would stare back at me in silence, No other words spoken. Nothing more. There was something bothering him, but it was too late by then. I wasn't aggressive enough. I should have barged into his home and pulled him out of whatever he's going through, if I even can. But you could never find a painter at the crossroads anymore. He was gone. You know, the poor painter was a writer. He had letters in his drawers. When I was over at his place, I saw the parchments before he closed them, looking for more brushes. He didn't care that he was loved by many. He only wanted love from one person, yet she would only look elsewhere, fleeting from him. The poor, poor man. Sit down. Have a drink on me. I wanted to share something. Nobody else asked about him, so this must be fate, eh? These are some of his letters. I'm keeping it in his name. I kept most of his things, actually. He knew no one else, after all, according to him. He painted home for me again. Whenever I look to the left wall of my bar, I could see the meadows of Lyon. My childhood hung on a wall. I was so grateful. To my right was his muse. It was incomplete, his 19th attempt, with a quarter of her features left unfinished. It was the one before his final masterpiece. It was enough to show his obsession. I don't drink on the job, but for him, it was an exception. Sometimes I serve a glass of beer to the edge of the counter where no one else was sitting. At the end of the night, I drank it. It was always flat. Tasted like crap. I guess it was my way of saying goodbye. Anyway, these letters, they can be too much for me. Some of it goes over my head. I thought... Maybe you'd understand them. You sought to hear about this painter after all. Maybe you could help me out. Here you go. April 2nd. To me. Today, I fell in love with Mona Lisa. I believe she will be my demise. I told my good friend at the bar. In genuine honesty, I did not want to tell him. Yes, he is a good friend, but I could not contain the excitement, this feeling within myself when out there in the world something, someone so beautiful exists. Art was crossing the street. How can I keep my heart at bay when I only now realize how alone I was until she came along? How do you calm a mind so deprived of love? A sliver of comfort rejuvenates its senses once more. This is what I was painting for. But I cannot even approach her. Her presence, her vicinity, I can only bask in it from so far away all I could do is just see and that in itself is torture but yes indeed I feel so whole I'll try to find her again April 11th to me I'm on my 11th attempt She was there at the crossroads again i had nearly given up but that memory stayed fresh on my mind just today her in a blue dress instead of orange both complement her well i think orange fits better though she uses it the most it goes well with those heels look at me obsessing over color the color of a stranger passing by A stranger whom I've indulged in thinking about every waking moment of my time. It's okay. She won't know. She'll never see this. I have read somewhere of a known observation that art, as man had deemed art to be, exists as a one-way form of expression with the sole purpose of sparking a fire in others. Invoke emotion. Yet who observes these patterns who decides what's true who starts the spark we do we add the color to our canvas we paint in the texture the smiles the sadness the juxtaposition of human and abstract elements we then become the painters of our own lives i will choose my colors You will choose yours. What are your colors, my muse? What did you choose? Tell me, please, and I will paint mine the same. I will humble myself before you and follow you everywhere you go. It may be much more than her usual orange dress. April 17th, to me, the 17th attempt, our eyes met and in turn I had lost myself. I knew I did, from the moment I realized my lack of breathing, I remembered clenching my chest like an arrow struck through it. She acknowledges me, little me, just a lonely painter. And then she smiled, and the world around me didn't matter anymore. I've forgotten the colors of every object on earth, and all of my vision blinded by the manners of a stranger. You understand, don't you? It is beauty that we behold, and our obsession with it, that kills us over time. The beauty of experiences, the beauty of things, The beauty of people. They are tempting, but they offer no restraint. Beauty can lead us to such wild thoughts. The lack of willingness to tame such an overwhelming beast is what defines our passion. It silences us with contentment and addiction that needs to be quenched the next day again. All for a stranger. It's strange, you know. I know you understand. The descent into madness is a tragic yet beautiful path. April twenty-second. To me, attempt a nineteen. My hands cease to move. The paints have dried. As I write this on the floor, struck by fatigue and taken by gravity, I wonder. How could one moving, living being take away all of my energy, all of the air in my lungs, all of the thoughts that plague my mind and replace it with her existence? After all I've worked for, after all I've painted, after all the colors I promised and the blood I have spilled for myself, how could you? How could you? How could you? I wanted to live life on my own but how could you? How could you find your way into my heart so easily? But she looks so beautiful on the canvas. I tried. All of my heart poured out into this and I'm left with emptiness. There is nothing left. I had already vowed in the beginning from seeing her the first time I will paint all the colors out of my body. I will leave this world a husk. I will cry empty tears. I will drown in the ugly air surrounding me. There will be nothing left of me and she will stay beautiful without me. I curse the stranger I've never met. And I thank her for making me complete. It is time for the next muse. Somewhere out there. Somewhere up there. I shall take my leave. Au revoir. Tis sad to not have him here. The war is over. And there is plenty more color in the world nowadays. But... It is not up to me to decide how he should live his life. Oh, please keep those letters. I'm sure he won't mind. It is my last day at the counter. The bar is closing, and I will return to Lyon next week. I have no need for any of this. And here's a gift. I'm sure you'll appreciate it more. You look like you have an eye for art. Oh, one more thing. The gift, number 19. It was his best work. I'm sure you'd agree. It really does look like you, mademoiselle. And that is the end of the tale. Until next time friend I'll be waiting By the fire Hello hello Norman here And thank you for listening to this episode Now painters of our lives It is quite long And nothing much happens And you can see a few patterns coming up in some of the stories that i write (laughs) painting and on death and lots of self-introspection and on thinking certain concepts deep diving into them and seeing our opinions or reflecting our perspectives on them so some of the influences or some of the notes that i have for this episode aka the after story i have the following it's supposed to be the synopsis for this story, the first draft of it. But I ended up condensing the story to be more fit for the show because it was supposed to be a lot, lot longer. It was supposed to be a lot longer, like fifteen thousand words or something. There were supposed to be a lot more characters. But uh, let me write out the synopsis for you. A broke painter struggles to live day by day living on very little money and only having enough supplies to make paintings or characters' portraits, rather, of people passing by. One day, he sees a woman with flaws in her character. Judging by her physical appearance, he thinks that she is the one, the muse that he's been looking for this whole time, and uh, he spends the rest of his life or money trying to paint the perfect woman with her image in mind. However, every time he tries, the painting was never perfect enough to resemble her image. Though his paintings are amazing due to natural talent, he sells them for not even close to its true worth because he just wants the minimal amount to paint the perfect image. He starts to confuse this frustration with obsession or a romance, effectively falling in love with the concept of the woman with the painting and not the person herself by the time he finishes it, he paints it with his last breath, effectively making his life COMPLETE tragic. But he believed that his life's work was done on the premise of meeting the perfect woman. Although technically we didn't really, they didn't actually meet, but yeah. This is a story of a painter's descent into madness over this obsession of a beautiful woman. And yeah, the official story or the official version, which I hope I can rewrite the story in the future. Uh, they were meant to meet they were meant to meet and she was supposed to be repulsed by him as she shows more and more of her flaws but his obsession with her drove him into becoming a greater painter at the compromise or at the sacrifice of his own well-being and while she maybe has self-esteem issues him really appreciating who she was although for different reasons Makes, it, makes her find her true self that way. And something along the lines of redemption. And she becomes more and more confident and positive while he breaks down um, as a painter. This all stemmed from one writing prompt. I wrote the title, Painters of Our Lives Somewhere, on my notes. And the story just really evolved out of that. I also wrote the following sentence. These are but the painters of our lives No regard for the canvas or material, but merely the opportunity for them to paint out their frustrations, regrets, and exasperation at reality. So painting is frustration of life or something along those lines. The role of the bartender was supposed to be an anchor for the narrative where he's much more realistic, uh, much more human, relatable. He's just going by day to day and he just happens to cross paths with the painter um, and as an outsider of the world of art, maybe he would find that he would find the whole issue very strange or unusual. So he might have disagreements, but he does have a bit of empathy for the painter. He lets him sleep over at the bar sometimes, doesn't really allow him to sleep in his sleeping bag out there in public at the crossroads again. <laughs> I think this story, I think I drafted it in 2017 when i wrote the prompt and from there it grew out to become this episode so yeah that's pretty much it really there were there was there was going to be more characters but i didn't really flesh out the rest of them so we'll go with a bare bones version of this premise for now (laughs) anyway that's it uh thank you for listening uh take care and if you have the time If you want to support me, you can rate the show, Tempered Fables, on Podchaser. You can find it there, and maybe there are other people who are also enjoying the episode. But it would really mean the world to me if you could rate five stars there. And I will thank you, if you do. (laughs) But for now, I hope you're enjoying the story so far. Take care, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. The Tempered Fables is a narrative short story fiction podcast made by me, Norman Chella. From sound design to hosting to narrating to drafting the story. You can find out more at temperedfables.com. The songs used in this episode were the following. Simple Duet, Bossa Antigua, Heartbreaking, and Mesmerize. All from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Sounds were obtained from zapsplat.com.